Hello and welcome to the Kinetic Fitness Show, where we inspire you to live a longer, healthier, happy, and more joyful life. We cover everything you need to know to be optimally healthy in your mind, body, and spirit. Are you ready to become the ultimate version of yourself? Well, let's dive into another episode with your host and guide by your side, Allie West. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome, 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 and thank you for being here with me. My name is Ali West. This is the Kinetic Fitness Show, episode 52, and another great topic and another great guest lined up for you today. We recorded this show, myself and my guest today, a few weeks ago now, and my guest is Dr. Claire Johnson, and we are going to be discussing lucid dreaming. Yes bit of a different angle and a different topic to maybe what I would normally discuss on the show but nevertheless lucid dreaming will can and will help you with all areas of your health and well-being Claire is going to tell you how and tell you more about lucid dreaming in this episode I thoroughly enjoyed recording this episode mainly because this is an area that I am highly interested in. It's something that I've had a little, I guess the best way you can describe it is I've had a little mess about, a little play with trying to get into that lucid state and attempting lucid dreaming. But what I would say to you is that at one point in your life, you would have had a lucid dream. Whether you was aware of it or not, I'm pretty much sure most of the people, if not everyone listening to this podcast, you would have had a lucid dream at some point in your life. Or you may be listening to this and you've got experience with lucid dreaming. No matter where you are at, this podcast will help you with lucid dreaming, it will inspire you, and it will fascinate you as well because this topic and this area of of dreaming and lucid dreaming is, is fascinating in my opinion and I'm sure you're gonna enjoy this episode. So as I mentioned, my guest is Dr. Claire Johnson. Claire has been having lucid dreams for over 40 years and she has been teaching and writing about lucid dreaming for the last 25 years. She's super qualified in this area, super experienced and has a ton of knowledge and wisdom on lucid dreaming. She has written not one, not two, but six books on dreaming and lucid dreaming and she's about to bring out a seventh book as well amazing absolutely incredible so in my mind and in my eyes there is no better person to speak to about lucid dreaming her work and her expertise has taken her all over the world she has presented all over the world and helped many many people with a vast array of problems ailments but just in general just helping people through lucid dreaming that's it really that's claire she is going to tell you more about herself and we're going to dive deep on lucid dreaming and i hope you enjoy i don't hope you enjoy it i know you're going to enjoy this episode that's it let's rock and roll with it episode number 52 all about lucid dreaming and how it can help you with your health and well-being with dr claire johnson let's do it Hi, Claire. Welcome to the Kinetic Fitness Show podcast. Thanks so much for taking your time out to speak to me today. How are you? 
I'm fine, thank you. Thanks, Ali, for having me on the show. Absolutely no problem. This is a, an area that I'm really interested in and, and keen to learn about for my own practice and for my own life as well. But also, I'm keen to share this with the listeners, hence why I've got you on. So I'm really excited about talking about lucid dreaming and dreaming in general. I'm really excited about this topic. Excellent. That sounds great. Perfect. Before we really dive into some of the questions that I want to ask, can you just tell the listeners and myself a little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course I can. Um, so, I mean, I've been a, a dreamer, a big dreamer all my life. My first uh, memory of my life was of a lucid dream I had when I was just three years old, uh, when I was drowning in a pool. And I suddenly realized that I had the choice. I could either stay in that dream and drown or I could wake myself up. So I chose to wake myself up by rolling over really violently and I fell out of my bed and my mum came running up and told me that what I'd experienced was just a dream and not real. <laughs> and uh, that was very confusing to me because um, it felt super, super real, you know. And uh, that was my first experience of um, having this flash of lucidity in a dream. And as I grew up, I had loads more really, really vivid dreams and nightmares. And I had, um, I was a sleepwalker when I was younger. Um, and it was always for me this, this fascinating other world that didn't really seem to be accepted as real by the adults in my life. Uh, so it turned it into a kind of a secret world for me. And I had to make my own experiences and find out for myself what do I do when something really scary comes after me in a dream? You know, I had to learn techniques for, um, for calming down my fear. And it was very difficult because I had no one uh, to help me with that. But I think in the long run, it turned me into a very resourceful dreamer and a more resourceful person in my waking life as well. Um, and I gradually started to understand the possibilities of what we can do in our dreams. And uh, when I got to university, I began to study lucid dreaming. And I, in fact, became the first person in the world to do doctoral research into lucid dreaming as a creative tool. Uh, so that's, that was kind of the, the start of my, of my sort of bigger journey into beginning to write books about lucid dreams. Um, and I've written uh, Llewellyn's Complete Book of Lucid Dreaming. This is a huge book. It's about the size of three books because I have so much to say on this subject. And there's everything in there that you can imagine or want to know. There's uh, all about healing in lucid dreams, improving physical skills, um, sexual lucid dreams, uh, also healing from grief and uh, recovering from nightmares and exploring the, the depths of the universe so it goes really really deep um, and I, I've written other books like dream therapy which is about how to unwrap dreams what does your dream mean you know so people so many people write to me and say I've had this dream and I just don't understand it can you help me so that book dream therapy or mindful dreaming as it's called in the US version has loads of gentle techniques for unwrapping dreams and using uh, the wisdom of our dreams for personal transformation and healing. Uh, and I recently became um, the president of the International Association for the Study of Dreams. And I've done that for the past year. Uh, and I've just handed it on to someone else, that role. Um, and that's been amazing as well, that the IASD is a fantastic organization that has these incredible dream conferences. I mean, I think you'd really enjoy going to one of these conferences, Ali. They're just so exciting. There's so much you can do with dreams and 
there are experts on all areas of dreaming and sleep um, and it's a very wonderful environment so um, that's kind of where I am right now and I've just written a shorter book on uh, on a very practical book of how to get lucid how to stay lucid and how to explore the lucid dream world that's called the art of lucid dreaming and that's not coming out for another few months, but uh, I've finished it at least. And now I'm going to start a book on nightmares and sleep paralysis and sleep disturbances. So I'm keeping myself busy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's safe to say as well that you are the dreaming expert from everything you've just said. Yeah, uh, it's been, yeah. I mean, my whole life really has been dedicated to the topic of dreams, lucid dreams, and uh, just their amazing potential for healing and transformation. So it's definitely a big passion of mine. <laughs> awesome. There's so many things that I want to talk to you about off the back of just that little intro and backstory that you gave us. But just before we do dive into some of those, those areas and those topics, can you just explain to everybody listening what a lucid dreaming what lucid dreaming is and what a lucid dream is because people might have heard the term um, and people said it in passing or whatnot but they don't exactly know what it means so can you just define it for us please of course yeah so a lucid dream is a dream where you know that you are dreaming while you are dreaming so it's that realization uh Oh, okay, this is a dream. Everything around me is a dream. You know, my body is asleep in my bed. And yet here I am in this incredibly vivid, magical, amazing world. I know I'm here. I have full awareness of all of this. That is dream lucidity. Okay. And have you had lucid dreams before, Ali? Yes, I have uh, quite a few. And we mentioned off air before we started recording that I'm trying to get into it. And I'd say, I'm no expert. I'm just, what's the best word? Dabbling, messing about with it at the moment. So I'm keen to yeah. get your advice and, and follow in your footsteps, so to speak. But yeah, that's a, it's a great um, explanation that you gave of it there. There's, um, there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on off what you said right at the start about when you was younger sure. and you was having these dreams and, you said, and your parents maybe said to you, oh, it isn't real. It's, it's just a dream. Is there a way that we can tell what's real and what's not and what's a dream and what's not and how do we know we're not dreaming now? Uh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> or is, it, is yeah. it just your own reality? Is it your own perception? What, what's the best way to, to get around well, that? That's a very good question, you know, because the very interesting thing is that most of the time when we, when we have dreams at night, we fully believe that that is reality, don't we? We don't become lucid. We just accept whatever's happening. We're being chased by a gorilla down the high street. Oh my goodness, better run then, you know? It doesn't occur to us to, to hey, say, hey, hang on a minute. This does not seem very likely. And to realize, oh, actually, I'm dreaming right now. Um, so most of our non-lucid dreams, we just totally accept uh, the, the crazy reality of the dream world. Um, but there are ways of testing our reality to work out, you know, whether we're dreaming now or if we're awake. So one very popular reality test is to pinch your nose closed with your finger and your thumb and then try to breathe through it. Because in the day, of course, you won't be able to breathe through your nose, right, if you're, if you're awake. But in a dream, you can still breathe, of course, because your actual physical body <laughs> is, uh, is in bed and there's nothing impeding uh, the, the airflow through the nostrils. Okay, so that's one check you can do. Just pinch your nose and, and ask yourself if you're dreaming, try and breathe through your nose. Um, other ones, one other one that I really like is 
jump up into the air and, and see how quickly you come back to ground. Because in a dream, in the dream body, we're much lighter. So if we jump up in a dream, it generally it takes longer, of course, to come back to, to the ground and we have that floaty feeling. So I think one really good way of working out whether you're dreaming or not is to connect with your body. Also during the day, you know, if you connect with your body, you take a, a deep breath and just like feel your body, feel the solidity of your body, feel any pains in your body or any itches or any anything, just kind of breathe into it and feel it. And our physical body is, is obviously a lot slower and heavier than a dream body. So once you start kind of connecting with your physical body by day, maybe doing yoga or Tai Chi, something like that, then in a dream, you're much more likely to notice that you're not in that heavy, solid, physical waking body, that you have transitioned into your light dream body, which is stretchy and malleable. And you can change the dream body into, every, into anything you want. You don't have to remain like a, a person in your dream. You can transform your dream body into that of an eagle and fly through the sky. Or you can transform into a fish and jump into a pool of cool water. Or you can do anything you like. So connecting with the body is a really good way of bringing our awareness to whether or not we are dreaming. And what people also do is um, a lot of people do these reality checks, as I talked about with the, the nose pinch, but also just really just asking yourself, what state of consciousness am I in right now? I mean, so many of us don't really even think about it too much, but it's a very mindful practice to bring your attention to this moment. Look around you. What can you see with your eyes? How do you feel? Where are you? Are you sitting? Are you standing? What is going on around you? And the more we bring our attention to the present moment during the day and ask ourselves really whether or not we're dreaming, the more likely we are to bring, to carry that habit over into the dream state so that we find ourselves asking in a dream, hang on, am I dreaming right now? And the answer would be, yes, I am. And then we can go out and explore our dream world with full conscious awareness. Amazing. You're getting me excited. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I love it. Brilliant. So one thing I want to, I just want to go off on a little angle here is uh, <laughs> things you were saying there, <laughs> this is how my mind works. It reminded me of the film Inception. So I take it you've seen that film and it's, it's a popular film related to dreams. But yeah. um, when, when can this become almost dangerous? Like, is there, is there a chance where we don't know, we can't tell the difference or we don't know the difference between or when does it become addictive do you know what I mean can it become like that or is it about how in how in control you are um I mean it's really it's really not dangerous at all and, and the film Inception it doesn't show lucid dreaming as it really is you know that's kind of about hacking into other people's dreams and stuff yeah. it's very much kind of science fiction um and I think it would only be for, for someone who's had psychotic episodes or uh, someone who is suicidally depressed or has a, a very severe anxiety disorder. Um, people in that sort of situation and who are not sleeping properly as well, that's pretty crucial as well, because of course good sleep is crucial for good health. Um, but people who are kind of in that situation may find uh, find it harder at some point to distinguish between uh, lucid dreams and reality but actually you know the vast majority of people never have a problem knowing if they're 
lucid dreaming or if they're awake because yeah. it does feel very different as well also kinesthetically you know the feeling in the body the feeling of movement is all very different as i was saying about the feeling of the lucid dream body um and and we are aware you know we know how it is we know what our waking life reality is like you know um and the lucid dream reality is just is very very different from that even though it's super real we often won't <laughs> we dream about our daily routine of like going to work. You know, we won't necessarily use our lucid dreaming time uh, dreaming about things like that, the more mundane things, you know, that's the kind of, the kind of dream we might have and then realize that we're dreaming. And then once we're lucid, uh, anything can happen. And there are so many options available to the lucid dreamer. It's not all about controlling the dream, which is what another myth that a lot of people seem to believe still is that lucid dreaming is synonymous with control. It's not at all. And I did uh, research on this while I was doing my PhD uh, research into lucid dreaming. And I decided, right, I'm going to see if it's possible in a lucid dream not to influence anything at all. You know, like as if I'm just not there, I'm just a pair of eyes watching. So in my, in my next lucid dream, I became lucid in a forest and I stood there and remembered, oh yeah, okay, I wanted to just be really quiet and just watch the dream develop. So I stood and watched the forest and the wind uh, blew the leaves on the trees and it was all very peaceful and beautiful. And I was just looking around and it was beautiful. And then I looked down and I saw a red buttercup and I was like, oh, you know, and I just had this little thought of like, oh, buttercups are usually yellow. And I thought, well, anyway, I'm not going to think about that because I don't want to change, you know, I don't want to influence anything. So I carried on looking around. And then when I looked back towards the red buttercup, guess what? It had turned into a yellow buttercup. <laughs> the dream had heard my little thought, you know, it's like, um, and it had changed the color of the buttercup to conform to my expectations that a buttercup should be yellow, even though I hadn't wanted the dream to take on anything of what I was doing and this that experiment really taught me a lot it taught me that actually you are the lucid dream and the lucid dream is you there's a kind of telepathic effortless flow freeing communication between the dreamer and the lucid dream because it is part of you it's an absolutely thought responsive environment which means it responds to our thoughts to our intention to our emotions to our energy and anyone who's had a, a nightmare and <laughs> and has found the nightmare getting scarier and scarier the more scared that they feel understands that whole system of thought responsiveness you know because if you're scared in a dream things get more scary if you can manage to stay calm in the face of a fearful dream image then the dream will calm down I mean it, it's very 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 interactive and responsive so this kind of this whole question of control seems to ignore the basic fact uh, that we are influencing the dream whether we want to or not because we are the dream and it is us yeah, makes sense. Almost very similar to when you practice in meditation, set an intention, but have no expectations almost. Yeah, yes, that's it. <laughs> makes sense. Exactly. Cool. Yeah. So, Claire, why would, why would people want to start lucid dreaming? Why would someone want to learn about it and actually give it a go and start making it part of their, of their life? What would be some of the reasons? Yeah. Well, I think uh, one of the main reasons for me is to illuminate your, this part of your life 
where you lie down in bed, close your eyes, and, and then just disappear into this other world. So many people don't even remember their dreams, and it, it seems such a shame, you know, because there's this whole other world, this whole other rich, vivid inner life that we all have. We all dream, you know, everyone dreams, whether they remember them or not is another question. But when we become lucid in our dreams, we illuminate our own inner world and it is so marvelous and so exciting and one can become more creative by interacting with lucid dreams uh, we can we can help to well reflect more on our nightmares we can face our fears in our lucid dreams you know fear is is something it's like a, a very very big obstacle often to psychological growth and to spiritual growth you know if we have too much too much fear in our lives we don't we can't move forwards we can't move into a different way of being a different pattern so it's very very useful to be able to practice working with dissolving fear in lucid dreams um, and there is so much to learn from all of our wonderful unconscious imagery that comes up our dreams they want to have a conversation with us and i think it's so sad when we ignore that conversation because we're ignoring a very deep very soulful part of ourselves and lucidity illuminates that part of our lives um, and also of course there are many other benefits there are all sorts of things that we can do in our lucid dreams um, surprising things uh, like we can improve physical skills in our lucid dreams i don't know if you've ever heard about that have you ali have you heard about how we can practice a physical skill in our yeah, lucid dream? sure it's something again yeah. that i've tried playing around with myself getting myself into certain states when sleeping maybe more towards that kind of theta brainwave um for for learning certain stuff so i've had to memorize speeches in the past and i've tried to to use the the dreaming state or that or that kind of lucid state to to memorize speeches so that's maybe one skill where i've practiced it myself so i have heard of that yeah wow and did you find that helped you yeah for sure <laughs> yeah excellent very very good yeah um well and, and how about physical like sports and things have you ever tried like physical skills like just things like juggling or running no. faster or... no but explain I, I, i'm liking the sound of this already for sure yeah no it's excellent so Mental rehearsal techniques have been used, as, as you know, for many years by sports psychologists uh, who work with professional athletes. Um, and lucid dream actions, they actually stimulate the same area of the brain that is stimulated if an action is performed or imagined while awake, okay? So there have been experiments done where they get some lucid dreamers into the sleep lab and they ask them while they're, they're they say, when you're next to sleep, when you become lucid, I'd like you to perform um, a fist clenching task, okay? Um, they have to perform it once physically while they're completely awake, then they perform it in their imagination, and then while they're lucid dreaming. And brain imaging technology found that the same parts of the brain become active in each state of consciousness. So that showed, that showed researchers that our dreams are not just this passive kind of sleep cinema. They involve activity in regions of the brain that are relevant to the dream content. And one of my very favorite um, research, uh, research studies was done by Melanie Schädlich uh, at the University of Heidelberg in Germany. 
And she got loads of, uh, loads of different people who had practiced different kinds of sports in their dreams to find out, uh, would it help them in their waking life? And uh, she, one, one guy she interviewed, he was learning to swim uh, at a high level. And his teacher had told him, hey, you'll, you'll never be any good at swimming. You're a useless student. Like, really nice teacher, huh? And, uh, <laughs> but he, he refused to, to kind of believe this teacher. And he had these wonderful lucid dreams where he would practice his swim strokes. So he would create a swimming pool and dive into it and just really practice those strokes in his lucid dreams. And sometimes he'd create swimming pools filled with honey or yogurt to test the muscle resistance. I mean, he'd do all sorts of uh, fascinating things um, or fill a swimming pool with sweets and then swim through those. But he, he found that practicing in his lucid dreams really helped his waking life swim strokes. And in the end, he got the, the top, uh, he became the top of his class uh, for the swimming. Wow. That's yeah, because that's it. Yeah, I mean, while all the other students were, you know, asleep in some, you know, kind of not remembering their dreams, not doing anything, just sort of unconscious, he was practicing, he was rehearsing. And there were many other, I mean, she interviewed me as well as part of her uh, doctoral, uh, part of her doctoral study into improving these sports skills. I'm not an athlete at all, but um, I've taught yoga for many years and I, I practice yoga in my lucid dreams. And, and what I find is it's just wonderful because your body, of course, there are no restrictions. I can do any yoga pose absolutely effortlessly in my lucid dreams, you know? Um, and they, you may have heard this if you've done yoga before, that uh, the yoga teacher often says, the important thing is to visualize yourself doing the yoga pose perfectly. You know, it doesn't matter, you've, you've got physical restrictions on your body, don't worry about that, don't force it. Just imagine that pose, visualize it. And in a lucid dream, you're going one, one step further than visualizing it because in a lucid dream, you're in this three-dimensional, totally real, uh, kind of real-seeming reality. And you can, you, can, oh, you can stretch out your limbs, you can do anything you like, you can become like an amazing yogi <laughs> in the dream state. Um, and that can help you in the waking state. I found it gave me more focus, like more mental focus when I was doing yoga poses in, in waking life when I practiced them in my lucid dreams. And it felt like it helped me to become more flexible and, and breathe into the pose more. So there are a lot of uh, ways that we can physically um, sort of influence our, our waking performance. And there was, a, there was a big study on, I think there were about 800 um, German athletes who were, who were interviewed about what they did in their lucid dreams. And it was found that many of them, when they, when they worked with lucid dreams, they had better results the next day. And often when you practice a sports skill in a lucid dream, you have a sudden breakthrough afterwards. So, uh, for example, there was one, there was one, there was one girl, uh, she's a very, uh, very young girl of about 13, I think she was, when her mother wrote to me. And uh, she said, oh, my daughter's been trying to do a gymnastics thing on the bars. I think it's called a kip. KIP and it was really complicated okay, yeah, yeah. Get yeah 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 okay and, and so this this little girl she knew because her mum had read my read my books she knew that you could practice these things in her lucid dreams 
And so she, she practiced doing this kip move in her lucid dream. And then the next day she went and practiced and she performed it perfectly for the first time. Wow. Because she'd done it in her dream. Yeah, it's like this kinesthetic feeling. It comes into the muscles. You, your, your body remembers what you do in your dreams. It's got the cellular memory of it somehow. Uh, I mean, it could be to do with the neural pathways. That's one uh, theory as well. Um, kind of connecting connecting pathways in the brain um, but it, it can really really help so there's all sorts of different ways of, of working with lucid dreams it can it feels so real yeah that's mind-blowing it's absolutely amazing that that information there I, I, I honestly didn't know that it had that much carryover and into the waking body that's just absolutely incredible it's yeah, yeah, it makes me want to get into it even more now um, because my, yeah. I'm into my sports, like particularly football, but I'm starting to practice more golf and play more golf. And I know that's a highly technical and skillful sport. So if I can maybe yeah. practice my golf swing in my lucid dreams, I'm going to be onto a winner. <laughs> Excellent. Absolutely. And why not? And you know what you can do as well in a lucid dream? You can call up your favorite golfer and uh, get, you know, get, get them into your dream and ask them to give you some tips. <laughs> wow love it yeah <laughs> let's get practical then claire how can how can the people listening to this podcast how can my listeners start getting into lucid dreams what are some uh, starting points for them to get going yeah well the, the most important thing is to develop a connection with your dreaming mind which means remember your dreams <laughs> and it's very easy to remember our dreams we need to set a solid intention to re to remember our dreams remind ourselves of that before we go to sleep that night remind ourselves every time we wake up briefly in the night just to change positions or whatever and uh, when we wake up in the morning, try to avoid one of those nasty beeping alarm clocks <laughs> because they catapult you into waking life like nothing else. So get something gentle like some music or something. Lie in the same position. Don't open your eyes when you first wake up and just think back. What was I just doing? What did I see? Who was I with? How was I feeling? You know, just you'll, you'll gradually catch the thread of a dream and just pull that before your eyes and it will all start coming, all the, the uh, images and action that, that comes with it. And then you need to write it down. So it's really important to begin your dream recall and start writing down your dreams. You don't have to write down every detail. You could just write down, down the title of the dream or the core image just to remind you. And if all you can remember at first is just a color, or a feeling just doesn't matter that's great you just write that down and your dreams will start to come to you once once they know that you're interested and uh, you can also try meditation this is a really uh, a really good way of helping to get lucid in our dreams if you meditate for just five to ten minutes before you go to sleep that can really really help you just observe your mind and, and the observation of the mind and the the thoughts we have and the little loops we do in our in our brain just that observation of all of that really helps with the kind of slight detachment we need sometimes to realize that we are having a dream right now okay so it's kind of learning just to observe the mind and uh, and become more conscious of the the present moment um, and you can also try the reality checks that we talked about um, earlier today so asking yourself Am I dreaming? But really asking yourself, don't just sort of ask, am I dreaming? No, of course I'm not, you know, 
and got to kind of develop this critical um, critical mentality. You know, how do I know I'm not dreaming? For example, you could look down and see if you you cast a shadow or not on the ground. You know, we often don't have shadows in dreams. Um, things like that. Just kind of notice uh, the physics of your situation and think back to what was I just doing? What was the train of events that led me to being chased by this gorilla down the high street? You know, and if you can't think of a chain of events, um, it's pretty unusual situation to be chased by a gorilla. So you kind of come to the conclusion, hey, I am dreaming right now. So it's a question of just developing your critical mind and not just blindly accepting the reality or the state of consciousness in which you currently find yourself. Um, one other really, really good tip, which I, I love doing this myself, which is um, whenever we go to sleep, we, we get this pre-sleep imagery. Um, I expect you're probably aware of it yourself. Um, it's often kind of very bizarre images or sounds or sensations just as we're dropping off to sleep. It's called hypnagogia. And this is a gateway to lucid dreaming. So as you fall asleep, just notice the way that your body first feels heavy in the bed and then it feels light. And then you just start noticing what comes into your visual field. You know, there could be like points of light, um, might be some weird imagery flashing up. And these are these very small pre-dream images. You just stay lucidly aware. Don't lose your focus. Relax and watch. And then you'll see that these images start to move and morph into other images. And that is the very beginning of dreaming. It's a magical moment. And if you can still stay aware while that's happening, remind yourself this is the start of dreaming then you can follow those images into a three-dimensional dream space and then bam you're already in a lucid dream and that's known as a wake induced lucid dream it works particularly well during afternoon naps because we're not as tired in an afternoon nap as we are uh, just before we go to bed at night and we often go straight into dream rich REM sleep rapid yeah eye yeah that's right yeah I've read that before yeah because obviously in the daytime you don't need that um low wave sleep do you You don't need the deep you just so you get straight yeah. into that REM yeah exactly and that's a good time to become lucid and often the dreams in REM sleep are pretty weird so uh you can you can notice that strange things are happening and then realize that you're dreaming and you can also use the power of visualization to get lucid uh for example you take a dream a recent dream you've had um lie down close your eyes and return to that dream mentally relive it but reminding, like imagining, oh, okay, I'm going to become lucid in this, this dream and imagine what you then do in that dream. So that's kind of a nice visualization to use kind of a current dream or recent, a recent dream and imagine yourself becoming lucid in it. It's also good to have a goal, like what am I going to do when I become lucid in my dream? It doesn't matter if you actually end up uh, completing your goal when you become lucid or not. It's just a way of getting you excited, really excited becoming lucid like like with you Ali you might now decide wow I'm definitely going to have a golfing lucid dream yeah you know? and then that kind of inspires you it gives you the enthusiasm because the, the worst thing when it comes to lucidity is like a feeling of boredom or a feeling like oh god I suppose I'd better try and get lucid tonight you know <laughs> it's never going to help so you've got to keep it fresh and keep yourself excited about it um, and then your dreaming mind will respond and it will actually conspire to help you to get lucid. You'll start having lucid dream figures kind of pointing out to you, pointing out something to you and saying, hey, that looks kind of dreamy, doesn't it, Ali? And you'll go, oh, actually, yeah, it does. That's because I'm dreaming. You know, the people will give you a hint in your lucid dreams to help you get lucid. So that happens a lot. I think one thing to point out to everyone listening as well is that 
you probably would have already done a lot of this stuff already in your life. It's just, you've not been aware or realized that that's exactly what's happening. So now that people have listened to this, they'll probably be like, Oh yeah, I remember doing that in the past. So we've all experienced it. So it's just a case of becoming more aware, as you mentioned, setting those intentions and, and tapping into this potential a bit more, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Many people, uh, I've done talks before and people have come up to me afterwards and said, wow, I finally have a a word for what it was that I used to do all the time when I was a child. I had no idea it was called lucid dreaming. And you know, that people, because nobody ever talked about it. I mean, I'm so happy that these days it's much, uh, much better known phenomenon. But in the old days, you know, in in Western uh, culture, Nobody talked about lucid dreams, really. Nobody really knew what they were, the the vast majority of families. So there were very many unsupported child lucid dreamers um, who just kind of had to figure out things for themselves. Um, So today we've got a lot more information out there about it, which is wonderful. And my own daughter has lucid dreams every now and again and has done for years. She's, She's nine years old now. And it's wonderful. She has like a like a dream uh, leopard that helps her in her dreams. And she brings that leopard energy into her waking life if she feels shy or scared because of a new situation. So she brings the leopard energy in so she feels brave and she can really connect with her with her powerful dreaming self and bring that into waking life. And I think it's very much an empowering tool for children, lucid dreaming, once they know about the possibilities. And they also pick up lucid dreaming really fast because they're they're very suggestible. They're not like adults where we've got all these blocks and all these dis you know, we don't believe this and we don't think that's gonna happen. Um, children are so pure you can say to them oh it's possible to know that you're dreaming and make friends with your dream monster and bam that's that's what they do the very next night so it's a fantastic way of uh, helping children to build up their inner resources and their resilience yeah it's crazy that you should mention that as well because you've just literally triggered a memory in my mind that I've probably just buried away somewhere and completely forgot about all my life but when I was a child I used to almost have like an imaginary friend but I it was like my dream friend that I'd speak to before I go to sleep and say tonight I want to dream about this tonight tonight I want to dream about that and nine times out of ten it happened but I've completely forgot until you just mentioned about your daughter and mentioning about children that I used to do that so there we go it's happened and we've all got the power we have, exactly. It's just a question of reconnecting with that inner facility. You know, it's like it's, it used to be so easy, right, for you. You could, nine, nine times out of ten, you could uh, decide your dream content. I mean, that's really amazing. Um, and I think for a lot of children, that, that sort of thing's possible. Um, and it's possible for adults as well. But as I say, we just kind of grow out of these things. We, we take on new habits as we, go, as we grow up and go out into the world. Uh, but we can reconnect with this inner core of ourselves really quite easily. We just have to want it, really. <laughs> yeah, for sure. How, on another separate area, how, well, it's not separate really, but how important is it then for for adults particularly to have like a solid and good sleep routine to to get their lucid dreaming going or is that not as important? I mean, I sleep. think it's massively important for everyone to have a good sleep yeah. routine, but... I just wanted to get your take on that in relation to the to the dreaming. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hear from people, sometimes a lot of people write to me via my, my website and I always answer every single person. A lot of people say things like, I've been trying to get lucid for three months now. I'm completely exhausted because um, 
I just, I tried to do the wake back to bed technique, which is when you wake up after four or five hours of sleep, get out of your bed, go and watch some lucid dreaming videos or something on YouTube, and then go back to bed, do a visualization in your head of getting lucid, and then try and have a lucid dream. I mean, it's a great big thing. It interrupts your night of sleep, right? So these people are saying, I'm exhausted. What should I do? And I'm saying, oh, you know, I write back in the sales. Never, never any any reason to miss any sleep for lucid dreaming. Um, lucid dreaming, we can train our, our mind to wake ourselves up as, as by using the techniques that I've been mentioning uh, today in our conversation. Um, we don't have to interrupt our sleep routine and it's actually really physically not good at all to interrupt it. We need our deep sleep. It's the most restorative part of, of um, our whole day is when we're in deep sleep. We don't want to be cutting into that. We don't want to be waking up the day exhausted and dragging our feet through the day just because we're trying to have a lucid dream. It really doesn't have to be that difficult. So I often advise people in that situation, I say, well, just give up. Don't even try. Don't, don't do that whole getting up after five, five hours thing. Um, just relax. And at some point, try and build a little 20 minute nap or 30 minute nap into your afternoon see if you can do it that way or use the lie-in times on, on on the weekends uh where you can just kind of drift back to sleep you know because i don't know i think it's it's really not good when people um sort of deregulate their sleep cycle like that it's very very important to um to get that quality of sleep so there are there are certainly many ways of of um of having lucid dreams quite naturally just during a natural night of sleep um, and that's what I try to teach in my books like the most recent book that I wrote the the art of lucid dreaming the one that's not out yet um, I give this a whole big lucidity quiz where people can fill out the quiz and work out what kind of sleeper and dreamer they are and then that fast tracks them to the best techniques for them because sometimes I mean for example I get deep sleepers writing to me and saying I can't have lucid dreams because I, I, I fall asleep at night and then I don't know anything until I wake up in the morning. And I say, well, you know, <laughs> then don't try and get lucid at night. You know, you're going to need to do something else. Um, try and get lucid during an afternoon nap, for example. Um, and, and I just, I, I see there are so many questions about it. So I've developed this entire kind of book around all the questions that I receive from people via my website in an attempt to help people to help themselves to, to get lucid more quickly. Uh, I mean, the easiest, the easiest way to be the easiest personality type, if you like, for, um, for many lucid dreams is to, to be a person who has high dream recall, uh, to be a person who can, uh, who has good visualization skills and someone who's a relatively light sleeper. Because if you have a combination of those three factors, you know, you're much more likely to, to become lucid without any effort at all, really, during a night of sleep. Um, but there are ways around it for the deep sleepers or for the nightmare sufferers. Um, there are all sorts of other little tri tricks and techniques for, for getting yourself lucid. But you're absolutely right. Sleep is super valuable and lucid dreaming shouldn't uh, cut into your, your good sleep habits. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And we've got a podcast episode on sleep, guys. So you can go back and listen to that one. So. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome. What about then... Um, let's talk cool stuff. What's the, what's the coolest thing that you've done in a lucid dream? Are you happy to share that with us, Claire? Like what's that's that cool. one, one that really stands out that's like, wow, cool. that's amazing. 
I mean, you know, there's been so many super cool experiences. It's unbelievable. I mean, uh, I'll share a couple, you know, just very briefly. In one, I um, I made myself disappear molecule, molecule by molecule, <laughs> which was really, really cool. It was like, it just, I felt it, you know, right? How, how it feels just to disappear. My entire body just disappeared. Um, in another one, I've, um, well, I've zoomed right up through the stratosphere, right up through past the stars and into the, the heart of the universe. And I've floated in what feels like infinite white light, which is this, just the most amazing feeling ever. Totally blissful and marvelous, this feeling of connection with reality. Uh, and I had a recent dream a couple of months ago, which was quite amazing as well. I was in this um, in this cave, um, and there was an under, underground lake in there with crystal clear water. And I looked to my left, and I saw this massive green snake, which was coiled up over there to my left. And it was looking at me with um, very dark, very aware eyes. And I was like, wow, that's a really big snake. And I was in this um, cave with my daughter. So I thought, well, I'd probably better go out of the cave, even though the snake doesn't seem dangerous. So I started to lead her out of the cave. Um, but then I was aware that the snake came slithering up behind me. And the moment it touched my back, three things happened. First of all, I realized that I was dreaming. So I became lucid and I, all my fear vanished and I thought, okay, uh, I'm just going to see what happens. I'll go with the flow. Um, and secondly, uh, I knew that the snake didn't want to hurt me, didn't want to bite me. It wanted to share its power and its energy with me. And the third thing that happened was there was this incredible buzzing at the base of my spine. And as the snake moved up my spine, this energy buzzed right from the base of my spine, right the way up to the crown of my head. Um, so it's like kundalini energy. Activating your chakras. Yeah, and it just was incredible. And then the whole dream, like me, the snake, everything, we just dissolved into this incredible kind of white light. Um, and I woke up from that dream. It was interesting because that helped me in my waking life, that dream, because I've been having a bit of a weird situation with my publishers. One was in the US and the other one was in, in England. And I wanted to write this new book and there was a bit of confusion about which publisher I was going to do it with and all this. And it was stressing me out, that situation. Uh, and I hadn't really acted on it because I thought, well, I just want to, you know, see what happens and hopefully it will all sort of simmer down. And then I had that snake dream and I woke up feeling really powerful. <laughs> and um, so then I, I acted um, compassionately, but very powerfully in waking life. You know, I made some phone calls and I said, this is what I want, you know, and I stepped into my power as author, you know, and, uh, and it was just amazing. Everything resolved so much better than I could have possibly imagined. And I ended up signing two book deals within the space of two weeks. Amazing. That's yeah. incredible. So it kind of, you can get this power and this energy from your, from your dreams. It's just, it's just amazing. Um, and, it, and it can help you in your, in your waking life. So things like that. I mean, dreams that I've had so many, um, crazy and very <laughs> very um transformative dreams and that you know if you do you said before we started i think that you were thinking of getting the complete book of lucid dreaming that i mean there's so many uh dreams of my own is in there as well as the dreams of many other people because i interviewed a lot of people for that book because i think it's nice when you read a book about a subject that you hear from people who have experienced it you know it brings that whole topic to life 
So that's what I try to do in, in my books. Yeah, there's two things I'm absolutely going to be doing when I finish speaking to you. One of them is getting your book or books. And the second, and I, I recommend that to all the listeners as well, but the second one is I'm definitely going to be practicing my lucid dreaming tonight for sure. <laughs> Yay, that's great. <laughs> 100%. Okay, um, I know we're, I'm, I'm conscious of the time because I know that you, you, you've got a busy day ahead. Um, but I, there's a few other questions that I just want to touch on. One of them is actually more of, a, more of a personal one and it'll probably be answered in your book, but I want to see where we go with it anyway. But I keep yeah. having myself, and I can remember them quite vividly, two recurring dreams. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you a little bit about them. I'll share them with the listeners as well, obviously. But the first one is... Um, I've got like, if anyone's seen me and if you've seen me, I've got like decent long hair, like nice hair. <laughs> you've got nice hair as well, Claire. I've noticed that. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> but, so um, I have this recurring dream that my hair gets cut off and it's like, it, 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 it like massively stresses me out and I almost want to cry and I feel like my life's over just because I've had my hair cut. But it keeps happening. I must have had it a dozen times now. So is there anything I should be reading into that? Is it don't cut your hair or, <laughs> or <what? laughs> Well, ah, well, I mean, I, I guess, you know, obviously it's your, it's your dream and you're the only one who can really work out what it's about uh, by unwrapping that dream. But uh, right. it kind of, it kind of makes me think about um, the sense of, of identity, the sense of self, you know, and what it's tied to, because uh, we, I, we all grow up with a certain kind of way of seeing ourselves. And um, I think, yeah, it's, it, kind of makes me think about change like how how change happens and and what's at risk what's at stake when we have change in our lives I uh, used to get recurring dreams about my teeth falling out uh, which seems it kind of reflects that dream that you just said because I would feel really anxious as well trying to get my teeth back into my into my gums in these dreams you know and and it's a very common dream to have something like that to do with the body and then feel great anxiety about it now for me I managed to connect my tooth falling out dreams with moments of uh, change in my life um, uh, and and moments when I felt insecure. Those dreams would always come up when something was going on that made me feel insecure, uncertain, which way should I go? How do I cope with this? And it kind of amplified my anxiety. It it pinpointed it. And yeah, so one, one thing I want to say as well is that no dream is ever against us. Dreams always work for us and with us to bring us to wholeness and to health. So even the worst nightmare, you can think of it as, as, a, as a gift. It's a gift in nasty wrapping paper, but it's actually just saying to us, hey, there's something going on here that you need to look at. That's all it's doing. It's just trying to raise that to consciousness. So in your case, I would say, um, if you've kept a diary of any sorts, try and try and pinpoint what is going on in your life when these dreams come, because they're not coming just randomly. They're coming in response to something that's happening in your life or a certain feeling you've had maybe that day or some sort of situation that's cropped up. So if you can connect the dots, you'll be able to find the answer to why, why those dreams are happening and what their individual message is for you. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's, you just made me think as well about, it's about making and building those connections between the, the dreaming state, the, the, the sleeping life and the, and the waking life, because yeah. as you said, dreams are working for us, not against us. And I believe that in the waking life as well, like when something goes bad or you have something happen to you that maybe annoys you, makes you depressed, whatever. To me, it's just, it's a challenge. It's a, a life lesson. Uh, in air quotes (laughs) but yeah Yeah. it's the same with a dream like that's teaching you something showing you something and it's about how you take that 
information and that message on board and then and and then put it into the rest of your dream or into your waking life and vice versa so yeah that makes complete sense exactly yeah you've hit the nail on the head that's exactly it and it makes sense what you're saying as well about uh about identity and change because i think one of the key things that what that that i'm doing with my business as well is it's going through quite a few structural changes and there's there's changes that i make into the business so that probably makes complete sense about about changes for sure and that's that it's anxiety provoking as well isn't it in a business when there's structural changes you're never sure which way it's going to go and and so on yeah wow yeah yeah but it's it's god sorry Oh, I was just going to say, I mean, it's, it's fascinating the way that we can, we can often build a bridge between our dream content or the feeling in our dream and what's happening with our waking lives. It's always worth looking at that and combining them because we're not just our waking selves, we're also our dreaming selves and the two of them interact in incredibly intimate ways to teach us, to help us really, to, to move through our lives. Yeah, that, the, the, what I was going to say was the other the other one I keep having is about driving a car and the brakes keep failing to work, but now they're starting to make sense because it's like they're interlinking. It's like, maybe I just need to slow mm-hmm. down with the, with, with the way things are going. And just like you said, right at the start of this podcast, just be enjoy the moment a little bit more. I think that's what that one's saying to me. So there we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's another really common dream, actually driving a car with, uh, and not being able to kind of use the brakes. That, that's yeah. absolutely it. You know, racing too too fast through life. You know, not being able to slow down, perhaps overloading yourself with projects and things. And so, yeah, it is really about just taking a moment uh, to sit, meditate, relax, be in the moment, and just trust that life is holding you. You know, you don't have to do all the work. You can, you can, you can feel supported by life, by the universe, and and things will work out. And if you have that trust, it often really affects uh, what happens in your life. Yeah. Awesome. Let's just wrap this up now then, Claire, because as I said, we're conscious of the time, but yeah, I like to leave, always try and leave the listeners with some actionable steps. And I know you've, you've mentioned so much just in this short podcast, you've, you've spoken about so many different things that the listeners can do to start their, their journey or start getting into lucid dreaming. But let's just say someone's listened to this today, they're lying in bed uh, tonight. What is maybe just one thing that they can do to, to like really get started with this i know you've mentioned stuff already but like if there was just one thing that you could say right while they're lying in bed tonight what would that be to to start their lucid dreaming experience yeah i would i would just lie there and relax deeply and and then form a very solid intent to become lucid in my dreams and and just show show your dreaming mind you know how interested you are in it just be like okay tonight i will get lucid in my dreams and once you set that intention, it may, it may take a few days, you know, maybe a week or so before it actually happens, but you're sowing a seed. Yeah, and you that's very words out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You sow your seed into your unconscious mind and your unconscious mind is listening. It hears every thought you think. It's there with you all the time. So talk to it. Open up the lines of communication and see what happens. Set that intention. Let's go and do it. Awesome. Yeah. Where can the listeners go to find out more about you then, Claire? Where, where can they uh, find yeah. your information? Have you got social media? And, and where can they buy your books from as well? Oh, yeah. So, well, my website, uh, it's got all the information. There's a lot of free information about uh, lucid dreaming there. There's a free ebook on how to get lucid in your dreams that you can download and loads of videos and stuff. So just go and explore the website. It's um, deep luciddreaming.com uh and yeah i'm on social media as well i'm on 
Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. I mean, I am so busy that I don't really go on there that much, but, but people can contact me through there. Um, and yeah, as I say, a lot of people contact me through my website. So if, if anyone, for example, listening to this has got nightmares that they would like to uh, share with me for my book that I'm starting to write now, uh, that would be great. You can contact me via my website, uh, deeplucidreaming.com. I would love to hear from you. Yeah, I have. I keep getting my hair cut off. That's my nightmare. Hi. <laughs> if you want to share that for the book, you can, you can let me know. <laughs> we can try and work out what it all means. <laughs> yeah. Right. Awesome. Thanks, Claire. What about a favorite quote to finish? Because we always finish my podcast in the same way, and that's with a favorite quote. So can you just leave us with a favorite quote to wrap things up? Sure. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is from Rumi, the philosopher. And he says, wherever you stand, be the soul of that place. Perfect. Couldn't have ended it any better. Lovely. Thank you so much <laughs> for your time, so Claire. Much. You have a fantastic day and uh, let's thank keep you, in Annie. touch and let's definitely you success. Oh, thank you so much. It's been great talking to you, Ali. Have a lovely day. See you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye. That's a wrap on another episode of the Kinetic Fitness Show. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast episode with your friends, family, and colleagues. Until next time, peace and love.